Hello, everybody. It's Joel Johnson, and welcome to another Rainmaker Evolution podcast. It's been a little while since uh, since we've talked to you, but we've gotten some great feedback here um, from the podcasts. Uh, I've been a little bit of a whirlwind lately. It was in Italy uh, with the Elite Group and um, had a great time. And I tell you, any time uh, that you guys can get around uh, other producers that are doing good business and uh, lots of more business. You know, one of the neat things was, was, you know, I was out there with guys that were doing more business than I was, and uh, it's just nice to to get inspired by people that um, set the bar higher, and it gives me personally the belief um, that I can uh, either do more business or maybe not do more business but have a more quality life um, as I get inspired by uh, spending time with other people that I admire. And so, uh, so that was a great trip. Um, we are looking forward to the next event in June. Um, some of you have been asking me what's on the agenda. There's going to be some great stuff on the agenda. We're going to go deeper into um, building a multiple advisor practice. Um, however, I do know that not everybody wants to do that, so we're also going to spend some more time on the sales process and a little bit more time about how to set your office up so that it runs without you. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be a huge practice, and you certainly don't have to have a practice where you have multiple advisors working for you, but I think all of us want an office that runs smoothly without us so we can do the things that we enjoy doing um, or have more free time. And so we'll be talking about that an awful lot in June. I also must say that, unfortunately, we've lost a couple guys. A couple guys have dropped out of the program since our first meeting. Um, I have to say, personally, I'm a little disappointed by that. Um, we uh, had a big slide up at World Series of Sales, and it says uh, the group is counting on you to be part of the group and to give. And apparently, um, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, there's just different uh, perceptions of commitment uh, these days, so uh, I, I'm a little disappointed. Now, that's not that does not pertain to everybody. Uh, we've just had three folks drop, and actually we've had three folks add. Three folks have said, we don't care if we miss the first meeting, we want to come in. So it's kind of an even thing, but um, um, uh, one person also uh, dropped because of an illness, and we wish him um, the absolute best. But uh, a couple of them just dropped because they didn't feel like coming anymore. And, and uh, so I guess i got to be a little stronger on the commitment to each other. You know, this is not about me. Um, this is about each other. Uh, with that said, I'm going to answer some questions that came in on appointment setting and appointment setter's role. Um, for those advisors that came to the uh, in-house office visit that we had here, one of the highlights of that visit uh, was when my staff people got up and, and talked, and primarily uh, when Mary talked. We had Lori talk about marketing. She runs all our marketing here. I come up with some of the big ideas, but she implements everything, and she also comes up with great ideas along with her team. Um, but we also had Mary, my appointment setter, come up and talk quite a bit about their process and their role and and how important it is to get and primarily keep appointments on the books because usually the marketers uh, get the appointments but it's a role of an appointment setter to keep the appointments on the book and also to uh, get to get appointments back that have maybe canceled or want to reschedule or when an advisor has said follow up and also Get the appointments where it makes sense for the calendar, not just let anybody come in at any time. So I'm going to answer some questions that we got in on the appointment setting, um, and we're just going to take them in order. So there's no specific uh, order, um, but these are just questions that came in when um, when I solicited questions on the appointment setter's role and the process. So um, there's a question. Uh, the first one says, thank you. This is a much-needed topic. Um, we need rebuttal answers to likely excuses to not book or to postpone booking an appointment. How aggressive to push? And uh, I'll leave the person's name out. And so I think the key here is that if the marketing is strong enough, 
um, the appointment should get on the calendar. Um, our appointment setters really don't sell appointments in the beginning. Um, they have to sell a little bit to keep the appointments on the calendar, and they've got to sell the appointments a little bit to get the appointments where we want them. But remember, the advisor at either the seminar or the radio program or on the TV program is selling the appointment. Um, so I believe the selling of the appointment, so I'm not sure if that's what this question is, but it says likely excuses to not book. Um, my suggestion is, you know, we have a setup where people are asking for appointments. And so if they're not booking after they're asking for appointments, something's drastically wrong. Maybe your appointment setter is making it too hard for them to book. Um, if this is a case where you've got an appointment setter cold calling a list or calling a list of maybe people that have responded for direct mail or so on, you know, I think the strongest way to schedule appointments is just the assumptive close. Um, you might say something like, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you responded to a mailing I sent out, and we're real excited um, that we're able to send you the book. And the next step here is to make sure that your retirement is in order. And so based on what the book said, there were seven steps that you need to take to secure your retirement. And we want to offer an additional complimentary thing that we share, which is a valuable in-house complete retirement review. And that's the time where you come in, you get together with Mike uh, and his team. And this is not a selling appointment. I promise you folks, you're not going to be pressured into anything, but you can come in, visit with the team, and get specific questions answered that pertain to your situation. That book was just general advice. So what I'd like to do is set a time for you to come in and visit, and right now I've got two appointments open uh, next week. So do you have your calendar handy with you? And then get them to go get their calendar. And uh, you might say, I've got a Tuesday morning at, at uh, 10 o'clock or a Thursday afternoon at 3.30. Which one would work better for you? And so if you're Appointment setter is calling out. I would use that script verbatim, give them a couple objections to overcome, ask three times, and then just let it go. But again, our appointment setters don't make outbound calls to ask for appointments unless it's somebody that's come in uh, uh, maybe three months ago. An advisor says call them back and get them back on the calendar, see if they want to come back in, and then it's kind of a soft thing. Um, so most of our the job our appointment setters are doing are just keeping the appointment that's been set at a seminar or on a radio program. So hopefully that answers that question. How aggressive to push? I don't think you have anything to lose. Um, I don't think you want to be belligerent. But remember that um, these people are benefiting from us sitting with them maybe more than we're benefiting than receiving a commission or a fee on their money management. Um, we change lives. And so I think your appointment setters need to believe that and take that attitude. Uh, next question, How having your appointment setter phone script and answers to frequently asked questions would be great. Thanks, um, says uh, uh, another friend of mine that's in the program. Um, we do not have scripts, but I am going to be working on um, having uh, Mary and Robin in my office uh, record some conversations. They're going to go ahead and record. Now, we're only going to hear one side of the conversation. We're going to hear them talking. But we'll have some of those things recording, recorded, and we'll be able to, um, to discuss those. But we don't have scripts. Now, I do know there are scripts on iAdvisor. There are all kinds of appointment-setting scripts on iAdvisor. So for those of you that want scripts, they are available. Ask your marketer. If your marketer says we don't know where they are, get your marketer to go find them because iAdvisor has at least four different phone scripts and phone language things uh, that I'm aware of. Next question, if your appointment's show rate is 80%, should you waste staff time with confirmation calls? Um, I would still make confirmation calls. Our appointment show rate, I think, is sometime around 
um, so somewhere around maybe 70%. So it's not quite as high as 80. Um, but even if mine was 80, I would still make a confirmation call. Now, I wouldn't badger people with more than one confirmation call. I would just simply call two days ahead of time. And the reason for two days is because it gives you a chance if the people cancel uh, to fill that the following day, right? So if I'm confirming for two, if on Tuesday I'm confirming for Thursday, then uh, and they call back uh, Tuesday night after I leave them a message and say no, we've got to cancel. I've got all day Wednesday to fill that spot, so I would do two days ahead of time. But I would just call once and say, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, we're looking forward to seeing you in our Weathersfield office uh, at 9:30 a.m. on Thursday morning. If anything has come up, please give us a buzz. Uh, give us the courtesy of giving us a call so we can fill that slot, but um, we're really excited to get to see you and help you with some information that we put together just for you. And that, that's all it needs to be. Um, so I would. Now, uh, this per particular person is saying one set of appointments or one set of marketing, they keep 80% of the appointments. Um, on another, on the Social Security seminar that they're doing, the show rate is only 50%. Um, I would do two things there. One is I would examine, um, do you want to do more of the 80% channel marketing and less of the 50%. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying that you should. Just think about it. Um, but secondly, obviously, you want to do some things to try to get that 50% up. Maybe there's an additional piece that you can send out once they book the appointment, getting them excited about the appointment. Maybe there's a, a quick call from the advisor that they met, um, just thanking them for being the guest. But it's some kind of a, a connection where you want to get that show rate a little bit higher. Next question. This is a great question. How far out should you book appointments? No more than one week, but is two weeks okay? Uh, I think two weeks is okay, but one week is absolutely preferable. If I'm doing a radio show today and I get a response today, I want to get that person in as soon as possible. I don't think too soon is, um, I don't think there is such a thing as too soon. Um, we've had seminars where people come in the next day. Um, don't do it a lot, um, but I know uh, Chris, I forget his last name, that travels around the country doing seminars you know, he gets people to come in the next day. So uh, it can work, um, but certainly within that one week is ideal. If you go out more than two weeks, you are going to lose a ton of people. And the people that do end up showing up, uh, it's been so far away from your last contact, uh, they don't even remember why they're coming in. So um, be real cautious about going out more than two weeks. Make your calendar work. Um, we know that uh, if we book a whole bunch of appointments from a seminar, about 30% of them are going to drop off, so we'll double book. Uh, there's nothing wrong with double booking. And then if you find out both of those appointments that are booked for the same time are coming in, you can move one of them one way or the other. Um, there's always opportunities to, uh, to uh, move people around a little bit. So don't be afraid to double book. Uh, much better to double book and maybe lose somebody uh, because you had to try to move them than not have a full calendar. Um, so uh, next question is kind of the same. How far out do they set appointments? Um, again, one to two, one to two uh, weeks is the most that we want. Um, our no-show policy is this. If somebody no-shows, um, we do call them, and we, we kind of want to know why they no-showed. Now, we call them with the attitude as we hope everything's okay. So uh, if Mr. Um, Kissinger no-shows today, uh, the appointment center is going to call them. Uh, usually they try to call them 15 or 20 minutes after they haven't shown up um, for the appointment. 
say, Mr. Kissinger, we were just really worried about you. Um, we were excited to see you, and we prepared for that appointment you set um, that we confirmed with you two days ago. And uh, we noticed you didn't show up in the Weathersfield office. We hope everything is okay. Um, if for some reason something's happened or there's a family emergency, um, we know you're not a client, but let us know if there's any way we can help, if we can um, mail something for you to someone or, or help out in any way if there's some kind of a family emergency, uh, please let us know and give us a call back at your earliest convenience. Um, that's all. Just a simple, uh, we're concerned about you because you no-showed. Not, um, boy, was it ever inconsiderate of you to, to no-show. You don't want to have that attitude. Um, we do double book appointments. We talked about that um, a little bit earlier. Um, we will not schedule somebody, let them no-show. Schedule somebody, let them no-show. Schedule, you know, once they do that to us twice, they're pretty much, uh, we're going to do what's called blacklisting, which means we just don't invite them to events anymore. Um, how many, here's another question. How many calls do you make to a prospect or lead before you stop calling them? Um, typically, it's three calls. Um, now, I think I said this in the sessions that we were in in Dallas. We have spent thousands and thousands, well over $10,000, maybe fifteen dollars to $25,000, very scientifically with very expensive copywriters, chasing people with email sequencing, with direct mail sequencing, with crafty phone calls. And I'm telling you guys, in my opinion, it is a complete waste of money. Move on to the next marketing campaign. Call people three times, try to get them in, and move on. It is a giant waste of time, in my opinion, to chase people. Um, don't do it. There's too many people that are eager to come in. Find a new prospect. It's discouraging for your staff. It's demoralizing for your appointment setters. Um, your advisors know when they pick up the phone that uh, out of every 30 people they call, only one's going to come in for an appointment. It, don't put anybody in that position to suck the confidence and the energy out of them. Uh, uh, another call from my good friend out in, uh, well, I guess we're not naming names here, but uh, how does the process, what does the process look like, or what is does the process look like? So hopefully he's not writing his own copy here. What is does the process look like? Uh, when do we call? Um, well, remember, if it's a seminar, uh, we book the appointment that night at the seminar, and then the next day, an advisor makes a quick call thanking them for being at the seminar. We send out a confirmation letter, and the confirmation call is made two days ahead of time. So they're not calling asking for the appointment. Uh, how many call attempts are made before leaving a message? We're leaving a message right away because everybody's got caller ID now. Our caller ID says Johnson Brunetti. Uh, we're not going to hang up and not leave a message, so we leave a, a nice message. How many messages uh, before sending an email or a personal note? We'll leave three messages, and then we'll send an email. Um, it's amazing now, uh, especially during work hours, how many people respond to personal emails. I don't know how I feel about that, um, but I guess it's good for us if we're trying to get people to respond. Uh, everybody will respond to a personal email when they're supposed to be working for the boss, I guess, um, but that might work in our favor. How many attempts do you make before making them a dead lead? Um, I'm not sure what we mean by dead lead. But uh, we will call, again, three times, maybe one or two emails if we have that personal email address to get them to, uh, to respond, to come in. But remember, usually when we're reaching out to somebody, they've already set an appointment, and we're trying to confirm it or get it back on the books. If you get a radio call and lead, set the appointment right away. 
If you're at a seminar, set the appointment at the seminar. And um, if you're doing any other kind of um, direct mail type of marketing, set the appointment on the first contact. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to track people and, and chase people. So um, this uh, has been uh, kind of a short one, but I think it's very helpful. And again, those of you that did not come out to the in-office visit, you really missed a treat um, when Mary and Brian and Lori from my team uh, got up and talked about our office organization. Um, we had nice small groups here. Um, we are considering doing this again in the fall. It will be a limited group. Um, it will be first come, first serve, so keep your eye out for an email. Um, and we're going to probably have um, two groups of 25 people. Um, so we're working on the dates with that with Advisors Excel, um, but that will be limited. First come, first serve. If you came to the first groups, you can't come back to the next one. So we should accommodate most of the people that want to come, um, but it really was a special time. And ask around the room when we get to the June event and ask the people that came to that event whether it was worth it. And, uh, again, I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, run anything that we've said by your compliance people. You are responsible for your own compliance if you have a broker-dealer. Um, that's obviously different compliance also than your RIA and then your insurance department in your state. So um, be responsible. Um, I am not responsible for your behavior, nor is Advisors Excel, and I think we all know that. And um, the other thing I want to say is remember, come in June excited. It's going to be better than the first time. Um, we're going to have an opportunity to get into rub shoulders with great people and great producers. You guys will get a lot out of it. And remember the goal, not the guarantee, but remember the goal, double your business in three years or less. And uh, I am confident that if you think about the 10 times exercise and that also if you think about the three-year question, uh, you will double your business. Last but not least, bring some of the materials with you to Chicago. Bring your 10-year uh, worksheet. Bring your 90-day uh, focus worksheet. So your 10-year mindset and your 90-day focus worksheet, bring those to Chicago. It'll be going to be very helpful for you to have. Thank you again, and kill it until we see you in June.